Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're tuned into Cliff Central's very own happy hour with me, Brent Lindicue, the good news guy. The good stuff is proudly sponsored by Budget Insurance. Get a great deal on insurance for all your good stuff. Your good stuff's important to you, right? So make sure it's insured with someone who gives you great value, like Budget Insurance. With Budget Saver Bundle Deal, when you insure your car and home contents together, you'll get a 5% discount on every car insured and a 15% discount on home contents insurance. For great, de- for great deals on insurance for all your good stuff, SMS BUDGET, that's B-U-D-G-E-T, to 40224. Standard SMS rates apply. All for free, type in the keyword BUDGET onto the Cliff Central WeChat official account for all the information you need. BUDGET is an authorized financial services provider. Welcome to the show. Um, as you know, or should know, Brent is a very rare name, and it's not every day that I come across another one. But I did last week, so naturally I uh, I asked him to come co-host the show with me. You had to get me here. I had to get you here. To put two Brents in one room is pretty radical. Now, do you know why you're called Brent? I actually don't. Um, I, I've, I've never asked my mother that. My, ma- my mother chose for all of us, at the time, I think it was quite original names. Mm. So my brother's Justin, which is, he's 35, so that's fairly... Common for that age. Yeah. Sure. And then I'm Brent, and then my, my sister's Roxanne, and then my younger brother is Regan. So it's all these like different sort of names. Generational. And yourself? I have a great story. So my mother was pregnant with me. She was sitting on the toilet and um, reading the newspaper as one does when you're pregnant. And she knew she wanted a, a boy. She knew I was going to be a boy. She knew she wanted a B. So it was Brandon or Brett or something along those lines. At the time, there was a serial killer in the UK, I think in London, called Brent White. So she was like, Brent, she hadn't heard that. And she was like, it's a B, it works, she likes the name. So I'm actually named after Brent White, who's, I've Googled him, can't find much about him, but I'm named after a serial killer. And and at the time, she she never thought of the serial killer components. She was just well, like, the name's no, pretty rad. No, but it's, it's a quite a cool story, rather than just you know flipping through a book and finding the name. Very true. Yeah, so I'm Brent. Nice to meet you, Brent. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. But uh, like your your... Your actual name. Your name is Brent. Yes. But everybody knows you as, as Spilly. Spilly. Yeah, with, with three, three L's. L's. With three L's. What, why three L's? I know your surname is Spilken. Yes. So that's where we get that from. Well, Spilly, I've been called Spilly since sort of high school. I had friends who just called me Spilly. And now it's, it's, it's developed into Spilchids and a whole bunch of sort of ad hoc names. But Spilly with three L's, the reason being is seven years ago, I got into Twitter. One of the very early adopters. And Spilly with two L's was taken. So I took three L's. And funny enough, Spilly with two L's has since died. So the account is dormant. The last tweet is like, just to let you know, Spilly's passed away on this such a date. And initially, I wanted to try and get the name for myself. But now three L's is a thing. And I actually use it in some of my public speaking talks. I use it as a bit of a gimmicky thing, the three L's and what the three L's stand for. So it's quite well, I've seen it on Instagram. And, and to be honest, I've followed you on Twitter for many, many years, even before Thanks. we met. I did, I did tell you outside of the studio that we'd met at a friend's birthday yep. a year ago. Um, but we were sitting on opposite sides of the table. A very long table. A very long table. And you said you were being antisocial that night. Well, I think I was. Yeah, we didn't talk at all. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, so I've been following you on Twitter for many, many years, and you're a pretty funny guy. I, well, it's interesting you talk about that. Now, I mean, I spend a lot of time talking about social and social with businesses in particular. And during the time where I got onto Twitter, Twitter for me was just a fun place. Um, I was hating my life and my job at the time, so it was a huge distraction for my day-to-day grind. And landed up becoming fairly notorious for being fairly crude on Twitter. But funny enough, in the last sort of two and a half years, my life has taken a drastic change. I'm a lot happier where I am in my life and what I'm doing with my time. 
and are now using Twitter for business. So people talk about, you know, using a social strategy. I wasn't aware at the time that I actually was doing something that was filling a need in, in a particular sort of segment. And now I'm doing something very different. I get a lot of guys saying, you used to be funny, I'm unfollowing you. And I'm like, that's cool. I'm now using this to recruit clients, to talk about what I do every day, and to help people. So the strategy has changed in terms of social. And I'm a lot more aware of the fact that I occasionally have something really funny that I want to say, but I realize that who I'm speaking to now isn't necessarily the same people I was speaking to a couple of years ago. So I'm a lot more restrained now on, on Twitter than I used to be, much to people's dis, you know, dissatisfaction. I, I'm going to get into that in a little bit because I feel that someone's social persona is incredibly important. We're all brands when we're on the social media space. And I learned that at the beginning of this year after I did the whole neck nomination thing. And then I realized that I'm really a brand. Like mm. that when people follow my Twitter, they follow my Facebook. And what I say matters is what it comes down to. Well, absolutely. And it also depends. You know, this whole thing of people being brands, personal brands, is a lot of guys disagree with it. But the bottom line is that as soon as you're putting out a statement, people recognize that and then associate what you are saying with who you are. The same as a brand, the same as Coke does, the same way you associate Coke as being open happiness, joyful, the same way you associate Dove with being protective of women's rights, that sort of thing. It's the same it's the same principle. So people need to realize that as soon as they have a voice where people are listening to, that's what people associate you with. And it's, pu- it's public. It's out there. Yep. It's out there for everybody for, to see. And it's there forever. You can never get rid of never it. Never get rid of it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it's scary very important. Stuff. Absolutely. So we're going to go back a little bit. You were in the... Food manufacturing and distribution game. For 17 years. For 17 years. It was a long time. Uh, but you decided that it was time for a change. Yep. What triggered that? Well, I had a, a very unhappy partnership with my, my business partner for quite a long, quite a long time, the last sort of five years, and eventually bought him out. And at that point, I had lost all interest in the business. I had lost my motivation. Um, the money wasn't important anymore. I got to a point where I just hated getting up in the morning. So at any cost and at a, at a huge cost, I managed to get out of that business and picked up something which I always had thought about many, many years ago. So back in, uh, I think it was 1999, early 2000s, I got involved with a German business coach and he helped revolutionize my business because he just taught me not to reinvent the wheel, that everything that I was doing had been done before and I didn't know those things existed. So I realized the benefits of having a business coach in my life for quite some years and always quite liked that as a business. So when I left um, the business, just before I actually got out of this business, funny enough, the friend that we, we sort of met briefly at, I had a dinner with him and a couple of other friends at my house, and we talked about strategizing what I'm going to be doing in the future. I didn't know what that was, and I was asked, well, what don't you want? And I knew, I knew what I didn't want. I didn't want a lot of staff. I didn't want to carry stock. I didn't want a short shelf life. I didn't want to deal with retail. And what I wanted was to drive around on my bike with a laptop and make money. Didn't know what that was. Didn't know what that was. And flash forward three years, and that's exactly what I do, is that I spend a lot of really interesting time with some smart people talking about their business, adding value to their lives the way mine was added back in the early 2000s. And it's just me and a laptop with no further obligations. That may change in the near future. I am actually interviewing someone at the moment. Don't ask me why. It's going to be someone in your sidecar with a laptop Yeah, the laptop. Well, the, the, the amazing thing about today's business environment is that I'm hiring this caller a PA, but it's a virtual PA. I don't need her to sit at a desk at a particular place. As long as the stuff gets done and as long as she has a Wi-Fi connection, we can do business. Well, you can. You can literally work from anywhere in the world. Absolutely. Which is amazing. And, and what's amazing is that we'll talk about a bit later about what I do, but is that I, I've suddenly realized that my, my scope for work in terms of geographical area is not just Joburg. I'm now doing work in, in, in Durban, 
and I'm now about to start doing work in the UK, hopefully, and it's just Skype. So it's an amazing, amazing model where you can you can make money all over the world from sitting in your bedroom, so much so that I have a client who, who every single Monday on his two-hour tube ride into London will, will speak to his business coach who sits in San Francisco. So it's, just an, it's an amazing network of people around there who, just because they have online, they're accessible online, can do pretty much anything. The online space has certainly made the world smaller. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people would, we're taught as a culture to sort of stay in the same job because it's security mm. and to sort of live, I don't know, in the same relationship because it's too much of an effort to make the change. Mm. But you went and you made that change, yeah. this massive change. And, and I've made it, I think, twice now because initially I was, I was studying architecture and I dropped out and then landed up driving an ambulance in, in London for a couple of months. So had a couple of fun adventures there. And my business, obviously, over the 17 years changed drastically, and, and we became, you know, property property owners and a whole bunch of other things internally. But yes, I have changed drastically from that, and I knew that I didn't want to be in the same environment, so made the effort. I don't know if you've heard of a there's a quite a famous designer in the states. His name is Stefan Sagmeier. Stefan Stefan Sagmeister, I think it is. He's a German guy. Mm-hmm. His business model is very interesting. Is that every seven years he shuts down his business, but I'm not saying like shuts it down for for a year. He literally shuts down, turns off his phones, shuts down his website, and they go away and reinvent what the business will be in the following year. And he goes away and he works and he thinks about new ideas and he travels and he gets experience. He comes back and they redevelop his business from scratch. But what's amazing about that is that because he comes back with such fresh perspective and because it's forced, people still want to work with him because they know that they're not getting the same boring discussion that they want to see what the new big thing is. So he reinvents his business and his life every, I think, six, seven years. That's really phenomenal. Mm. I've, I've spent, and uh, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. I've spent this whole year working, sort of going seven days a week, doing my thing, uh, all over the place. And last weekend, I had the opportunity to get away. Summer's kicked in in Joburg, uh, took the boat down to the Vol River and just spent the day away from all the noise. Civilization, yeah. Sw- switched off laptop, closed the, the phone and, and whatever. And I've come back just two days away from it all. I've come back with a new perspective about work and life and, and, and. And I think to take a year off, mm. most, it's groundbreaking. Yeah, look, I think it's a, it's a, I mean, it's, let's be realistic. Not very many companies can afford to do that for a whole host of reasons. But, and that's kind of, to some degree, his marketing strategy as well, is that people like look forward to seeing what it is that he's coming back with as far as ideas and strategy. But there's no need that you have to stay in the same job for as long as you have to. And if you look at the kind of jobs people have out there today, a lot of those jobs didn't exist 10 years ago. So the fact that those people now have jobs and titles that 10 years ago, you wouldn't even know what that was on any level. And we talk about things like, I have loads of friends that have community management jobs. If you, if you said someone, you're a community manager, it sounds like you're actually doing project work in the, you know, on you're the going, field yeah. or somewhere. Like understanding that it, no, it's on Twitter. Oh no, it's on Google plus. What the hell is that? So that entire category has just come out of nowhere in the last sort of six, seven years. And, I believe at the pace it's growing in the next 10 years, we'll look back and think those are really old jobs and things that people will be doing don't exist today. And so unless you are relearning and, and, and reinvigorating what you know about life, you become stale and boring and potentially your life becomes a bit stale and boring. So I always try and, and get my guys to think outside the box and look at new opportunities within their businesses particularly and just go like, don't do the same thing over and over again. It'll break the habit. So that's what you've done is you took this whole experience, you did think out the box, and you started a business coaching yes. company. That's correct. And you get to meet with entrepreneurs, businesses, yep. 
and you help them become better at what they do? Well, I do, I do two major things. The first one is kind of psychology. It's almost like I'm a shrink for their business because the reality is that as a business owner, you're often alone, which is quite lonely. And you often just need someone to hear your thoughts and, and have an objective perspective on what you're doing. So I give a lot of that on the side uh, as part of the process. And then a lot of it is, is what I went through back in the early 2000s is that, you know, if you don't understand the importance of having a decent accountant, it's basic business practice. But the value that a decent accountant and having books and reporting internally adds to your business, if you don't have it, you don't know what it looks like. Those are just simple things. 80% of businesses are exactly the same on the inside. The 20% difference is generally the product and the people. But I spend time generally sitting on that 80% going, get your basics right. And if you can get that right, the chances are that you will survive because one in, one in five businesses make it past three years. So it's not, a, it's not a, an obvious thing to do, start a business and be successful. Sorry, what was that stat again? One in, uh, one in five succeed the first three years. Okay. So 20% of businesses make the first three years and then a whole host fail between two and five. So it's an interesting space to be is that people start businesses and suddenly are making money. They think they're making money, but they haven't got real costs in their business yet. Their time is still potentially free because it's, it's their business. They, they don't earn a good salary this month, so what? But the reality is as soon as they start building a business, that's when businesses fail. Yeah, and that's, it's an insane statistic. Mm. You also do social, the social media community and yep. online reputation management for companies. Was this just part of your, your Twitter sort of experience and, and how you were on social media? Well, I, I don't actually do that anymore at all. Um, I don't actually physically manage anyone's community besides myself. Okay. And um, I, I don't really – I have a lot of involvement. A lot of my clients, let's put it this way, are digital agencies. So they do a lot of that. So I understand a lot of what they're doing and help them through that process. What happened was because I was very early on, on Twitter seven, eight years ago – and I gained a lot of followers in a very short period of time for doing very little, actually, just, just being first to market as such. Um, a lot of bigger agencies were asking me to help them look at their campaigns from a strategic point of view. And what I realized quite quickly was that these social media agencies, digital agencies, advertising agencies are very good at the creative, but very bad at the business. And that's why I spend most of my time, I'd say, you know, 30 out of my 40 clients are in the agency space, advertising to some degree, whether it's online or traditional advertising. And I help them understand the importance, not so much about social, but what the impact is on their business. The bottom line is having a social account, having a Facebook page is great. But if you're not selling more product, what is the point? So how do you use those things to so actually sell more product? product? Yeah, that's what it comes down to. The other question I had, because you've got quite a great following on Instagram. It, it's, it's pretty large. Um, and I, I asked Jason Derulo two weeks ago the same question. Uh, what is the... What's the trick with Instagram? His answer as an American pop star yep. was, you got to take a lot of selfies, was sort of his thing. I don't think that relates to, to <laughs> no. Joe Bloggs. What, what do you do? What, do, what well, is the, the trick? Well, the first thing is for me is that if I could pick any other profession that I knew could actually sustain me, I'd become a photographer. I'm not a photographer. Uh, I have friends who are professional photographers, and I can tell the difference between their pics and mine from, a whole, you know, from looking at it going, they really know what they're doing. I don't really know what I'm doing. But I really enjoy the process of taking photos, and I really enjoy the fact that it's now mobile, especially on a phone. I mean, if you look back, I think back in, in seven, eight years ago, you should carry a, a, a clunky digital camera with you. And they were huge back then as well. They, they, they were huge, these little slim and it was line. batteries, and you needed to put a stick into it. And, and I'll never forget, I bought a, a 3.6 meg camera. It was like it was a seriously quality camera. I mean, your average phone now is a 5 to 10 megapixel. It's like it's a joke. So I enjoy that process. The second thing is Instagram as a platform, is very unique. 
Instagram stands alone from every other social platform because people are on it for different reasons, the same as they are on other, other platforms. But a lot of it is because people want to follow pretty pictures and the storytelling behind pretty pictures. And, and you'll see now that, in, that brands, the, the likes of Nike around the world, the stuff they put on Instagram, they don't use anywhere else. So normally brands take pictures for magazine, for TV, for print, whatever that looks like, and they just repopulate that for Instagram where the smart brands have realized that the Instagram community is particular, a very fussy, particular kind of community. So they create content by Instagrammers for their account. It's only Instagram. They don't ever use it anywhere else, and they don't use other content on Instagram. So it is kind of a bit of a community. And what's amazing is that it's the only platform that has driven actual communities. So they have a lot of these Insta walks around the world. There's a big community. If I'm going somewhere in the world and I put it out on Instagram, hey, I'm coming to XY, I'm coming to New York next year, I want to meet some of you. You'll be surprised how many guys go, cool, come to, the, come to this coffee shop, meet me. It's very social. And it's very social off the community, off, offline, which is important. Funny enough, I read an article yesterday about an association that started in Cape Town called Run for Cape Town, or sort of in that league, mm. where you would go on a photography run around mm. Cape Town. Yep. That stems from Instagram. It all comes from that. Well, there's a huge amount of, of, of different events running around, which are at the core Instagram events. So the idea is to go out and do stuff. If you get, if you follow, like, there's a couple of, of prolific guys locally. There's uh, Alessio and there's Gareth Pond and there's some guys that have got like hundreds of thousands of followers. They they have these Insta walks every couple of weeks where either at sunrise or sunset you meet in Pretoria, in Joburg Center, wherever it is. Big groups up to, you know, 100 people, 200 people was a big F&B one a couple of months ago at the stadium. And you just go out, take photos, get on the hashtag and meet cool people. And I think that's what it comes down to is that Yes, you're posting photos, that's cool, but you're actually meeting some really cool people along the way. And it's about growing a real network rather than a social network. On the one side, Instagram is great, and all the points that, that you're making are extremely valid. On the other side, I read a, a tweet yesterday, I don't know how true it is, but it said, there are now more photos of girls in bathroom mirrors than there are of the entire 1940s. We've stemmed this whole selfie era, which is pretty insane. It's absolutely ridiculous. Now, I mean, something that's really funny is a couple of my friends um, two years ago introduced me to a, a, an app called Every Day. And, and I'll show it to you in the break. But it, what it does is it prompts you every day to take a selfie and with your phone. And every single day, it then creates a video of all your selfies. So I've been doing it now. January was two years. So I've got about seven, 800 selfies. And I still every day get the prompt. And if, when I remember, take the selfie. But what's amazing is that you look at it. The beard grows, the beard goes away, I get sunburned, I get clean, I'm winter clothes, summer clothes, on the beach, on the slopes. It's incredible. And it's it's kind of a document of where you are in your life. So it's it's a bit more than just the selfie. It's actually a reminder of where you were this day so many years ago kind of thing. It's a twenty fourteen version of a diary. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. Selfies. Okay, so you do a whole bunch of stuff. Mm. You've got all of that going on. You also do public speaking. A little bit where I can, yeah. Do you enjoy it? I love it. It's interesting because growing up, it's typical. You're at school and you have to do the, the, the speech and you prep the speech and you get nervous and you hate it. And, and no one really, especially at that age, really enjoys that process. During my, my, my working career back in my old business, I used to do a lot of speaking to the sales team. I had 44 sales reps that come together every six months and then we'd chat to them, you know, within an agency for argument's sake. And I suddenly realized that if I was speaking about something that I knew about, I was passionate and believed in, Public speaking is easy. If you're telling me to speak about something that I don't know, then it's a nervous thing. Then I've got to learn it and prep it and understand it and make sure that I, people ask questions that I know what I'm talking about. But if I know what I'm talking about, standing up is easy. Yes, there's a whole bunch of tricks and skills you can learn to help make it easier. 
presentations today, you know, with the likes of the PowerPoints and the keynotes make it easier. But um, I enjoy speaking about what I like speaking about. Uh, don't get me to speak about other things because I'm, I'm not confident in, in those fields perhaps. But I enjoy it and I look for it. And it's, a lot of friends of mine get paid a lot of money to do that. I'm happy to do it for nothing. Just to, just get up there just and Just to talk. get up there and yeah, talk. Yeah, enjoy it. That's awesome. It's cool. How do people get in touch? If they want to get part of their businesses, if they want to get coached, if they want to get you in there, how do they get in touch with okay, you? Okay, well, obviously social is very easy. Um, uh, on all my platforms, I'm Spilly, S-P-R-L-L-Y. Otherwise, they can mail me, Brent, at Spilly.com. Check out Spilly.com. I'm on Spilly, Spilly on Facebook. I'm, I'm pretty easy to find. Just, Just Google me and you'll find me. I was going to say, Google Spilly yeah. with the three L's and you'll find yeah. him somewhere there. And don't Google my images. They're, they're, they're horrible. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the show is all about the good stuff. And today's overriding theme is corporate social investments. And it's all about companies giving back. In a little bit, we're going to have Shonda Payne in, who is the group CSR manager from Sorosan. And we've also got KG from Gajima chatting about what they do for the communities. But before that, I want to know from you, uh, what is your take on corporate social investments and how important is it for businesses to give back? I think it's become hugely important. And what's interesting about, about that and slightly to the side of that is the whole new BE law that's coming into play. I think it's in May or June next year. And I think a lot of us would agree that the BE law has been slightly broken in the way it's actually worked. It's making a lot of very few people very rich and the middle, the middle doesn't really help a hell of a lot. The new laws are stating that businesses have to invest not just money, but money in terms of training within the industry to smaller black-owned businesses. So it's giving back in a smarter way. I think it's going to make a huge impact to what entrepreneurs are in this country because at the moment what's happened is that BE has made chairmen and people higher up very, very rich. It hasn't actually helped the small startup businesses where now that money is going to be funneled down and forced to go down to the right people. And not just he has money, he has a car, he has a computer, but he has how you use these things. That, that would create a waterfall effect because then that company would grow. Yes. And they would be able to offer that and, to and, smaller companies. And again. coupled to that, what the, the other thing which is very important is, and I'll give you an example. So let's just take the building industry for argument's sake. So the big guys, the Group 5, the Murray and Roberts, those guys, have to spend money training smaller building companies, number one. Number two, in the period of I think it's three to five years, they have to be able to buy product or service from those companies they've trained. So not only are they actually spending money developing those kind of companies, but they're actually going to be supporting them. So instead of buying their service somewhere else, they are spending that money far, far better. It's enterprise development money. It's much, much better and much smarter. And I believe that they finally got a model that the BE thing is now sort of on the right track. So instead of going, oh, we have to be BE, I'm saying it's actually a good thing to be BE. It creates a sustainable economy. Yeah. And I believe that in this country and especially in the world economy, entrepreneurs and those small businesses, because how many guys have lost businesses, been retrenched and, and don't have income, have got out and started little businesses from their garages, from their homes, from their laptops. Those are the guys that are going to keep this country going. And they're the guys that actually need the support rather than the, the big corporates. Definitely. Yeah. During my research about corporate social investments, I found uh, the top 10 in the world who give back uh, every year. And I don't want to sound like Zuma when I get the numbers wrong. I'm pretty good at math, so mm. we'll, we'll try and do this. But in third place is Chevron, who in 2013 – uh, donated over $274 million back into projects. Mm. And they, they, I mean, they highlight into um, sort of sustainability in Africa as well. So it's, it's big stuff here. Number two was Wells Fargo and Company, yep. who did $275 million. $1 million more, is that what you're saying? Pretty much. 74 to 75. Pretty much. Okay. One million, they just wanted a number just, two spot. Yeah. <laughs> 
and uh, and the number one spot went to Walmart, mm. which did $311 million in 2013. It's amazing. Big numbers. But what's amazing about that, I don't know if you saw this last week, Bill Gates made his single biggest donation. I did see that. I did see that. Okay, I don't know. No, go, go for it. Well, I, I saw that he made a $50 million personal donation to, to, to Angola. Ebola. Ebola. So it's I, Ebola. I yeah. it there. It's Duncan, our producer. He doesn't have a mic. He's just sort of peanut gallery in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he, it's the biggest donation ever yeah. towards a humanitarian cause. He, it was $50 million, yeah. um, which is such a huge amount. Mm. The backlash though was that he could afford more. This is what the, the networks were saying. Yeah. He could have afforded more, and Ebola needs three hundred million in order to eradicate the disease off the face of the earth. So, but but I mean, he's it's a huge gesture to get something well, going. Well, the thing as well is, that, is exactly your your Wells Fargo was it Texaco? What was the, what was the number three? Chevron. Chevron. It's the same thing. Is that so? He goes and donates the money. You'll suddenly find that a lot of guys want to compete with that because they also want to be seen doing the right thing. So they may not match the fifty. But I can guarantee you now a lot of the wealthier guys there or a lot of the organizations will go and spend something. some money. I'm sure they'll get to 300 quite quickly. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk more about this in a moment. I just want to do my Change One Thing Tuesday. It's something I do every week where I focus on one little thing that you can change to make something bigger out of what you do. And, and since I've got you in studio and you do know quite a lot about social media, mm. online reputation management yes. is a biggie. It's a big one. My change one thing this week is think before you tweet, think yeah. before you post, think before you share. Mm. It's important that your online brand, it, it's who you are. So you are what you share. Think about something before you put it out there. Absolutely. Any advice on that? Well, I mean, I, I'm just thinking in terms of case studies. I, I mean, there was the famous, it was early this year, end of last year, December, November last year, that Justine Sacco, I don't know if you remember that story. That was hectic. I mean, if you don't know the story, she uh, she was... A low-class, not low-class, low-ranking PR person in, in some business in the States. And she was coming to, to Cape Town on a holiday in December. And she tweeted before she got on the plane saying something along the lines of, I'm off to Africa. I hope I don't get AIDS. Just kidding. I'm not black. And she, and she got on the plane, turned off her phone. And by the time she got off the plane, there was a mob at the Cape Town airport. And I, she, and she was, lost her job. She lost her job. She, she, she had like, hundreds and thousands of retweets and comments. She'd become news all over the world. And this is while she was sleeping on the plane. She didn't realize that, that her little, and she had literally, I think it was three or 400 followers. It wasn't a big thing. She wasn't a celeb. She became a celeb. And, and I'm sure she became a suicidal celeb quite quickly. But the point being is that someone of no substance, no one with a big following, no one with any kind of track record can suddenly have a huge impact on the world. And so, don't say stupid things. I mean, really, even even in a real world, you wouldn't say that. Why would you put that on Twitter? It's no, it happened, thing. if you recall, I don't know if it was it was about a year ago, that the two FHM journos, on their personal Facebook, um, they made a comment about rape or AIDS mm, or mm. sleeping with someone. And that also turned into a huge debacle. They both lost their jobs sure. from one little Facebook post. Yeah. So I think change one thing this week. Be aware of what you're posting. Yeah. Um, if you're think, looking, think before you tweet. Eh? Think before you tweet. Think before you share. If you're looking for more great tips, you can visit the WeChat official account of Cliff Central. Type in budget. You'll see budget insurance. They've given a whole bunch of tips. Uh, they've got a tip of the day that comes every day uh, from turning clutter into cash to advice on not getting stuck in a hailstorm. We'll be right back after this.
Good Stuff is proudly sponsored by Budget Insurance. Get a great deal on insurance for all your good stuff. Your good stuff's important to you, right? Brent, it's important. It's very important. So make sure it's insured with someone who gives you great value like Budget Insurance. 
With Budget's Save a Bundle deal, when you insure your car and home contents together, you'll get a 5% discount on every car insured and a 15% discount on home contents insurance. For great deals on insurance for all your good stuff, SMS Budget to 40224. Standard SMS rates apply. Or for free, type in the keyword Budgets on the Cliff Central WeChat official account for all the information you need. Budgets is an authorized financial services provider. Welcome back to the studio. We've got Brent Spillian here with us. Uh, we're chatting about all the good stuff, corporate social investment. We've also got KG from Kijima. I'm going to try and say your name, Kotsatsu. That's good. Is that correct? That's correct. Maybe just pronounce it properly for our listeners. Yeah, my name is Kotsatsu. And you're part of the Kijima leadership program? Yes, in the mobility space. Awesome. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Okay. So, Gijima has run a corporate social investment program for the last six years, where we bring in kids that are doing well in school, and we offer them the learnership free of charge for them, obviously. They go through the first year where it's, uh, it's actually like classroom attendance, and then once they finish that and they pass, then they come into the company, and we place them in different areas in the company, one of those areas being mobility within Gijima. My, this is one of my questions that I thought about when, when we were going to bring you into studio. What happens if they don't do well? Do you give them another chance or is that it? Unfortunately, if they don't make it, we, we can't help them. It's, it's one year only. It is one year only in class. And then once they've completed the classroom stuff and they've passed, then they go into the company and they start working while they complete, uh, some other modules. They're requested to, obviously they're required to pass those modules as well, but, they're already working, so they've got work experience. Okay, and what is the selection process right to get them there? In the beginning, we advertise... Thanks, Duncan. Yeah. <laughs> so we advertise in the newspapers, we advertise on radio, and kids submit their CVs and they submit their marks for metric. Um, sometimes we do take in kids that have already completed a degree because they're probably struggling to get a job and things like that. And then we put them into the program as well. And with those ones, what we do is we immediately put them into the the job uh, space and they start working and they start writing apps or developing other security products for us. You spoke about Gijima Mobility. What is that? Gijima Mobility is a division within Gijima where we basically do enterprise mobility and consumer-based apps as well. So in that space, we do apps for other companies. Um, we do apps for the consumer space. Um, we also do something called enterprise mobility services, which is the security side of mobility where we ensure that we secure your devices, we track them, we wipe them. And those products are held within the mobility space. And when we deploy solutions into our client spaces, we make sure that, um, the information is safe, basically. Awesome. Uh, in your write up that I got. You called some of the apps an enhancer of education, not just a replacement teacher. What does that mean? Okay. So in this, in the education space, um, one of the apps that we've written is called EduFile for, um, education. So basically that app is a replacement of a physical textbook to start off with. But a learner doesn't learn just from a textbook. You need your workbook. You need sort of, uh, feedback from your teachers and so forth. So what EduFile does is, it leverages the electronic or the digital space where there's e-content that has been written um, for specific uh, classes in, in high school and so forth. And it brings that together with the e-content, which has been done 
by third-party providers. So on one tablet, you're exposing the child to the book, the lecturer, and other interactive content that they can learn from. So we record the, the teachers as they give class, and we expose that on the tablet as well. So it's a bit data-intensive, but at the end of the day, um, all that content is available to the learner. So as he's sitting at home, he doesn't have to have internet at home. So as he's sitting at That's home, brilliant. he just opens the tablet, all the information is there, then he starts in interacting with it. When you're interacting with information, you want to make notes, you want to scribble, you want to highlight. So all those things are available to you on the, on the tablet. So it's a different way of learning for the learners. And it's an enhancement to the learning experience because the traditional way of learning, they would have written something down, written a little piece there and there. But to tie it all together would be difficult. Now the slow learners, if I may put it like that, have an advantage because they can literally listen to the same teaching that happened during the day at home and grasp it better than they would have had they not had that chance, you understand? So it's a more complete way of learning that we think we're bringing into the space. It is phenomenal. Today's show is all about companies giving back. And uh, Shonda Payne from Sohosan is perfectly situated to be here. Welcome to the Cliff Central Studios. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. What is what is your take on corporate social investment? You guys do a lot. You have a lot of portfolios of hotels and casinos. Uh, is it one big sort of idea that you do that you put out as projects, or is it separate for each? No, we work as a group. So each all the hotels and casinos we work together as Toho Sun with our CSR programs, and we kind of focusing on three specific areas within that space: youth development, which is a big one, but that's such a broad term. Ours is very much sports and arts in the education space, and then obviously education on a standalone as well. But it's about using the sports and arts mediums to reach young people to better their education. That's called Sun Cares. Well, it's our holistic sustainability. Sun Cares is really it's also our enterprise development, our environmental management, and our CSR. So collectively what is making you a good corporate citizen and making you sustainable and that's our son cares body csr is one part of that it's a lot of different spaces i know (laughs) try and tell it internally as well (laughs) so it's fun is there one one sort of element or project that you that you focus on or, or that you enjoy the most out of all of them Oh, no, don't ask me that. Um, I love them all. You know, I have the greatest job in the world in the sense I get to interact with young people on a daily basis. I go mad at the same time dealing with different communities. But it's an absolute joy when you're working with young kids and you're seeing them wanting to have choices to make their own choices in life, have better opportunities. And they're taking it with both hands when they're given the opportunity. So from our side, as I said, I mean, sports is one we've been in for a long time. By history, Talk has been involved in sports sponsorship with the hotels, etc. Um, so it was a natural fit for us. And we involved, particularly with a big soccer program, have been for over five years, youngsters that have been in the program itself for five years. We've got some youngsters participating in a tournament that we have. But the main thing about our programs is they're not just tournaments or arts festivals, etc. They're year-long involvement. So we're involved in the academic year, making school a very holistic environment. So, you know, you don't finish school at 2 o'clock. There's extracurricular. So it's not like sport. just a once-off that you come no. in, do do a little bit, and then walk out. Absolutely not. Ours is very much about duration. So it's been involved the whole time while the kid's at school, the whole year. I've I've read up a bit about the soccer academy that you guys put together. Mm-hmm. What a fantastic way to get the kids involved through teamwork, through learning about leadership, working together. It is something phenomenal that you're doing. Spot on. And that's exactly why I do it. And, you know, when you've got kids that are engaged in something that they're enjoying, you're getting greater participation and commitment from their side. So it's about exactly that. It's discipline, fair play, teamwork, but also in terms of um, – 
time management, you know, it starts a game, starts at a certain time. It's not when you feel like being there. You've got to be at practices at a certain time. But at the same time, we're matching it up to make sure you pay, you pacing yourself academically and working academically. So it's all about involving ourselves in that kind of process. But the great thing about these programs is the fact that we're also partnering with other people to teach them life skills. Great one we've just partnered with is like APSA, who come in and teach them financial literacy. I certainly ain't no expert in it, you know. Here you've got guys, it's their mandate. They know what to say, how to say it in the age group for a 13-year-old, how to, what kind of bank accounts there are, what's a want versus a need. Just one of the indications that we have. Then there's nutritional development as well. It's exactly like Spilly said earlier on. It's the same as in a business where you put the right people in place to do the right things, to create the foundation for the kids to be able to make good life decisions. 100%. Have you got any stories that have come out of what you've done? Maybe one in particular that just <clears throat> is true to your heart and, and speaks a great story for Tsoko's son. We had one girl in our arts program last year, a little 12-year-old girl from Dipslert, who just thrived in this program. Quite a shy girl in the classroom, but yet literally like the Beyonce story. She becomes a Sasha on stage and is a totally different personality and then goes back to withdrawing herself. But she started achieving academically and they have a, one of the schools in Dipslert that she's at has a partnership with Dayton College, for example. And she, through this, was able to apply to Dayton College and now has got the rest of her primary school funded at Dayton College, full of high school and three years tertiary education and she is just flying. Teachers are succeeding because they're learning tools that are better teachers in the classroom for LO. Another really fantastic story is our chess. We have a phenomenal chess program, not just about the game, it's about learning through play. What you learn in terms of maths and science, backwards and forwards, adding and subtracting is amazing. Ten-year-old girl from Soweto is going to the World Youth Chess Championships in Durban now at the end of this month. That's phenomenal. Um, she's been playing it since she was six and she's traveling the world because of her chess. That's really amazing. How do people get involved with Togosan and be part of what you guys are doing? What is, what is the, cause it's from a corporate mm. side that you do, but as an ordinary South African, how can they assist? Well, we work mostly with the schools. So we go directly through and we work closely with government, which is a very important part. And it's back to the whole private partnership with government, private and public partnerships. And it's very key. Um, individuals, we're always looking to volunteer if they're within a company that wants to come and bring a set of skills. Again, as I've explained, that we don't necessarily have and enhances the environment and the foundation that we are laying for children. That's how we'd like to people to get involved through the school system. Absolutely amazing. If people want more information about you guys, how do they? The website tokosan.com or alternatively you can just drop me a line it's been amazing having you guys in studio thank you very much uh, we've also got someone else in studio I really do love highlighting amazing stories and all the good stuff happening in South Africa Tanya welcome thank you nice to be here you are the corporate communication and CSR manager at Roche products and you guys are you have a platform that you've created to highlight lymphoma Cancer? Yes, that's is that, right. Is that yeah. how you pronounce? Yeah. yeah. Lymphoma. Yeah. So most people don't know what lymphoma is and that it's actually a form of cancer. And um, our key business driver, one of our key business drivers at Roche is um, development of a manufacturer of cancer uh, treatments um, and research and development in cancer. So we really uh, are very committed to patient education and awareness when it comes to cancer. And so our Be Cancer Aware platform is um, a platform where we really want to educate South Africans about different types of cancer. And uh, yesterday was World Lymphoma Awareness Day. So it gives us a great opportunity to talk about lymphoma. And in fact, uh, com uh, companies and NGOs across the world celebrate lymphoma awareness around the month of September. So we're doing a lot of um, 
sharing of survivor stories during this month. That's absolutely amazing. Apparently, there's a video out there featuring all the voices of lymphoma. Where can our listeners view this video? What is it about? Okay. So we, we put together um, a little clip called I Am the Voice of Lymphoma, and we, we got together some lymphoma survivors um, in South Africa just to really highlight the fact that it is World Lymphoma Awareness Day um, to be aware. And um, you can go to Be Cancer Aware on Facebook or um, on YouTube and, and watch the video clip. But essentially it was really a drive to bring South Africans together and, and, and highlight the fact that there is such a cancer as, as lymphoma. About 1 million people worldwide live with lymphoma. And uh, it's a type of blood cancer. And if detected early, uh, you can live with the cancer. So we really want people to understand that early detection is vital and important. What are the symptoms? The symptoms. Um, it's interesting because the symptoms can often be um, um, very similar to TB and flu. And uh, things like uh, weight loss, night sweats, uh, itchy skin all over your body, uh, persistent coughing. Um, so they they kind of common symptoms, but if they're persistent and not going away, it's it's something that obviously needs to be looked into. So then we say to people, please don't ignore the symptoms. You know, it might be that you've got flu, but rather go have it checked out. Um, and we've got some really great um, success stories of people. I mean, Ilza Marie um, from Big Brother fame from a couple of years back, she's one of our ambassadors, and she was just sharing yesterday on radio how she was given, she was diagnosed and given like not even a year to live, and here she is today. Uh, five years down the track with two beautiful children. So, you know, it is a cancer that can be really treated well, but we want people to know about it and know what the symptoms are. I think it is important. I, Like I said earlier on, I went to the Vaal over the weekend, so skimpy clothing, busy skiing, and my aunt saw a little spot on my leg, and she said to me, you need to go check that out. That looks cancerous. So me being the hypochondriac that I am, went into the doctors yesterday, uh, full blood work, check everything, make sure it's all good, and even though I did that, and it is a little bit crazy, my doctor said it's better to be aware and to test these things out than to leave them. And I think any any programs that highlight the awareness is ultimately important. What can people do to get involved? Um, what, what can they do to support the lymphoma awareness during the September month? Very easy. Go onto Facebook, Be Cancer Aware, three separate words. And um, we've got patient stories, survivor stories. Um, go and tweet... Um, uh, on Know Your Nodes, which is the Global Lymphoma Coalition um, handle. Um, we're partnering with the Global uh, Lymphoma Coalition as well as some other local patient groups. So we we're partnering with uh, a group called Campaigning for Cancer, which are a patient advocacy group. Um, we're partnering with the Sunflower Fund. They're dealing with lots of um, uh, people who have blood cancers. Um, we're partnering with CHOC. So any of those organizations, go onto their Facebook page, onto their websites, um, and also, if, if you really want to find out um, where you can get support and resources about cancer and, and about lymphoma, Campaigning for Cancer have a great uh, platform or a great call center that the people can call into. And I'll give the number 0861-275-669, where um, they can then direct you to the right organization, where to find a doctor, what are the symptoms, and, and really just guide you in, in understanding the disease better. Absolutely amazing. I am going to have you back in studio because I want to speak about your other projects yes. that you're doing. When we were off air, we had a quick brief moment. I am going to bring you back. Time always flies when you're being kind. It's, ne it's An hour is never enough to suddenly talk about all the good stuff. Uh, but I do, because you're my guest host, I always give my guest hosts a little moment to talk about any sort of awareness or campaign or 
anything that you want to sort of highlight? Just a quick one. There's a, an amazing home in Berea in Johannesburg called Umalusi House. It's called Umalusi, I think, is the Good Shepherd. They take off um, homeless males off the street. Generally, you know, any sort of age, they've just become an NGO. They desperately need, obviously, the typical help, anything. So from paint to food to money uh, to blankets in winter to heaters, the usual. They do amazing work. They're a small, privately run business. Been going for a couple of years. You can check them out on Facebook, Umalusi, U-M-A-L-U-S-R House in Berea. And any help you guys can, uh, you can help with, we'd appreciate it. Excellent. We've spent the show chatting about corporate social initiatives. You guys can catch the podcasts if it's the end. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a little line. Do what you can where you are with what you have. It's that simple. Uh, the good stuff was proudly sponsored by Budget Insurance. High on value, low on premiums. Your good stuff important to you, right? So make sure it's insured with someone who gives you the great value, like Budget Insurance. With Budget Saver Bundle Deal, when you insure your car and home contents together, you'll get a 5% discount on every car insured and a 15% discount on home contents insurance. For great deals on insurance, for all your good stuff, SMS Budget to 40224. Standard SMS rate supply or for free, type in the keyword Budget on the Cliff Central WeChat official account for all the information you might need. Budget is an authorized financial service provider. Thanks and only good things.